other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Why don't we exalt his name right now? Clap your hands and love him. We exalt your name, Lord. Praise God. You can return to your seats tonight. How many is thankful to be in the house of the Lord this evening? What a powerful, powerful presence of the Lord. My, my, my. Beautiful. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. You can be seated for a moment. This is the first time that, uh, that I've stood in this pulpit since uh, um, my accident on March 6th. Um, I just want to say thank you to all of the church, to the body, to all of the ministers. When you're normal is destroyed. You need somebody to lean on. Amen. And this church was like a, a mother hen that spread its wings over my children and my family. I'm so thankful. I owe a debt of gratitude, and I'm sorry for the emotional uh, tonight, but I, I, I can't help but when I think about what the Lord has done. And uh, I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You can just remain standing, my children. Uh, they are the dearest thing to me and my, my, my beautiful wife, Rebecca. They are, they are dear to us. And uh, we've devoted our lives to protecting them. But when in a situation like that, thank God for the church. I know the church is not perfect. It has imperfect people. But I love the church. How many is thankful for the church? Amen. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, thank you for all the gifts and the cards. Um, it has met the need, and uh, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. Amen. And I appreciate continued prayers and, and healing and rehabilitation. Amen. But the Lord is here tonight. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 29. I give honor to our bishop and Sister Bounds in their absence tonight. Um, love them very much and their precious, precious children. Uh, thankful that they have an opportunity to get away. How many know they need rest? Amen. And thank you for allowing them to do that. Give honor to all the ministry tonight. Elders, love you very much. 
Jesus' name. Genesis chapter 29. I'm going to turn to it here real quick. I feel like the Lord has something he wants to say tonight. We'll start reading at verse 20. And the word of the Lord declares, And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. Somebody say for Rachel. And they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife. Give me my wife. Amen. I've paid my dues. Give me my wife. Any young man says that to me and I show up the back of me hand. You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> Respect your elders. Give me my wife. For my days are fulfilled that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him. And he went in unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah, his maid, for an handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what is this that thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, it must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill, fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week, and he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also. Amen. I want to preach to you on this subject this tonight just for a little while. I wanted Rachel, but I fell in love with Leah. I wanted Rachel, but I fell in love with Leah. Why don't we lay our Bibles down, lift our hands unto the Lord right now, ask the Lord to speak to us. Come on. Come on, lift your heart with your hands. Lord, I, I lift my heart to you tonight. I lift my spirit with all that it is, Lord. I pray that you would minister, God, in this house. I pray that every eye would be a seeing eye, every ear, a hearing ear, every heart, an understanding heart, God, that we might glean from your word all that you have purposed for this night, God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Clap your hands and thank the Lord for his word. You can be seated in the name of Jesus. I wanted Rachel, but I fell in love with Leah. The story of Jacob is an intriguing story. There are many, many different facets to his life. 
But Jacob was the twin brother of Esau. And Jacob, at the, at the passage, I'm not going to do a lot of background at the passage of Scripture that we find ourselves at tonight. Jacob had already stolen the birthright from his brother Esau. And Esau, in losing the birthright to Jacob, uh, put out a death threat that he was going to someday destroy Jacob's life. And his mother, Rebecca, was, was afraid for her son's life. And so she said, why don't you take a bag and, and go stay with my brother Laban for a while uh, until the smoke clears, until uh, some of this pass. How I many know time has a way of uh, solving problems and conflicts? Somebody say amen. The Bible says that he got up and he went and traveled to the place where Laban's family uh, took refuge. And, and the Bible says that he rested at a well. And there were shepherds there getting ready to water their animals. When he saw the most beautiful creature that he'd ever seen in his life approaching, Rachel. Rachel was coming with some of the sheep to, to uh, water the sheep at the well the Bible says that the shepherd said, well, that's Rachel, Laban's daughter right there. And, and Jacob ran to her and fell on her and hugged her and, and kissed her, crossing the line there. And, and began to introduce himself and let him know, well, we're kin, we're cousins. But I, I'm not going to touch it. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be serious. We don't do it that way around here. Let's just say that. <laughs> Lord, help me. The Bible says that he fell on her and hugged her and embraced her and let her know who he was. And from that moment forward, Jacob fell in love with Rachel. Rachel uh, was uh, his desire, Rachel. Uh, it was love at first sight. It was uh, uh, the moment that he saw her. It was something that he wanted. Amen. Immediately he was drawn to her and attracted to her. He had a great des uh, desire to make her his wife. And so he went to Laban and said, I, I want to marry your daughter, Rachel. And Laban said, well, I'll make you a deal. You work with me for work for me for seven years, and, and I'll give you my daughter to marry. The Bible says that, that Jacob fulfilled his time and labor and working for Laban to, 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 to get Rachel. And the Bible says when the time has come that, that it was time for his marriage to be fulfilled, he comes to, to Laban and he says, give me my wife. The time has come for me to go into her. I have waited long enough. And Laban gathered together all of the family and, and all of the kin and said, let's have a little party. We're going to have a feast. And at the end of the day, he gave uh, what Jacob thought was Rachel. Uh, she was a, a woman that was heavily veiled, and he took her into his tent, and it was nighttime, and he couldn't see. But the Bible says that he made her his wife. He consummated the marriage, and in the morning when he woke up, Ha! 
think about it. He rode over real calmly to put his arm around what he thought was the beautiful Rachel, but to his surprise, there was puppy eyes looking back. I imagine that he probably sprung from the bed. Get out of my tent. What are you doing in there? How did you get here? Well, what's the meaning of this? He was, he was upset at that point with Laban and what had transpired in his life. And he goes to Laban and he says, what's the deal here, man? I didn't work for that. I worked for Rachel. What's the meaning of this? And he said, well, real calmly, I can just see it. It's our custom that none of the daughters can be married until the oldest is married. And he probably said, now I see why none of your daughters are married. Amen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Talk about fine print. How many have ever made a purchase but didn't read the fine print? Amen. And you bought a whole lot more than what you bargained for. Come on, Jacob in that moment bought a lot more than, than he had bargained for. But let me give you some fine print tonight. God's in control. God is in control. And sometimes we look at those things that are ugly and we look down on them or despise them. But God has a purpose for everything that he puts into our life. Come on. How many know that Rachel was beautiful? Rachel was well favored. But Leo, the Bible says, was tender-eyed. You look it up and it means that she was, she was weak or dull-eyed which was considered to be a defect. She looked sickly. One uh, commentary that I read said that, that, that she was cross-eyed. You couldn't tell if she was looking at you? or She was sickly looking. She was weak looking. She wasn't a desirable mate. She is not one that Jacob would have chosen. Come on. But Rachel was more beautiful. She was drop-dead gorgeous. She had that wow factor. Amen. Rachel was what every man wanted. Not only was she beautiful to look at, but she moved with grace. She was everything that Jacob ever dreamed of. He had worked seven years for Rachel. He had put in his time. He had paid his dues. But when Laban brought his wife to him, she was veiled in deception. And when he took her to his tent and he woke up the next morning, he got something that he didn't bargain 
bargain for. How many knows that sometimes we work and we labor for that which we declare to be beautiful or we see as beautiful, but when we see it in the morning light, it looks like Leah. Come on. Sometimes the things that we find ourselves following after and desiring to have, they look like Rachel to our flesh, but when we look back and wake up, we see that we've married Aaliyah. I want to tell you, everything that glitters is not gold. Somebody say amen. Some elders say amen. Amen. I was expecting what I wanted to have, but what I got was Leah. Amen. Laban says, uh, uh, well, you got to marry her in order to get Rachel. How many knows that sometimes, like Jacob, we've had dreams and we've had plans that we're willing to work for. We've had things that we desire to have and we put our time in and we go through the effort of getting that thing that we so desired. But when we wake up and we become aware, it's not a Rachel, but it's a Leah. Rachel represents everything that's beautiful. Rachel represents our dreams what we want to accomplish. She represents a shining future beyond our expectations, and she's easy to love. She is all that we long for, the reward for all of our efforts, the time that we spend laboring to achieve our dreams. We'll, we'll all be worth it the moment that we get Rachel. We expect to reach our goals without strife and without struggle. But on the contrary, Leah represents the disappointments in our life. She represents the pain in our life. She represents the shattered dreams, the broken hearts. She represents all the time and the effort that we put into things that seem like wasted time. How many times have you thought that you were going to get Rachel, the love of your life, but when you woke up, you got Leah instead. You never started out to marry anything like that, but you woke up one morning and there it was. It attaches itself to you. Jacob despised Leah. He wouldn't spend time with Leah. He despised her. He spent all of his time doting on Rachel. What he thought he was getting and what he actually got were two different things. He fell in love at first sight. He got intoxicated with the promise of something beautiful. And then in the morning, there's Leah. Heartache, shattered dreams. And a broken heart. Amen. There are a lot of things we wouldn't have asked for, but they happened anyway. The problems, the failures, the disappointments, the sicknesses, but they showed up anyway. And it seems that they won't go away. No matter how hard he tried to get away from Leah, she was always there. She was always there trying to get his attention. Amen. She was always there clinging to him and trying to get some attention from Jacob. Come on. But Jacob was too busy spending his time with that which he thought was beautiful. Amen. Sometimes, how many know beauty is good? It, the Lord wants us to have beautiful things. Don't, don't get me wrong tonight. But beauty has its limits. The reality is that Leah gave Jacob 
six sons, and Rachel gave him two. Looking back at my life, I see all my Leah's. I see the disappointments. I see the hurt. I see the pain. I see the broken hearts, the wasted time, the frustration, the shattered expectations, empty plans, empty promises, false hope, betrayal. How many know that Leah exposed the weaknesses of his heart? But she is what brought him closer to the Lord. If it was all, if we were all to be honest tonight, we would, we would say, if it hadn't have been for my broken dreams, if it hadn't have been for my trouble, I wouldn't be here tonight. If it hadn't been for shipwreck, if it hadn't have been for divorce, if it hadn't have been for sickness, I wouldn't be in the house of the Lord tonight. If he had gotten just Rachel, he would have fell short of all of what the Lord had purposed for his life. There's room for a little bit of Rachel in our lives. I believe God wants good things for us, but we need to understand the value of Leah. We learn way more from our failures than we do our successes. We have the mindset, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So a life that's going well has no need for a change. But when disappointment comes or failure comes, all of a sudden we got to go back to the drawing board. Amen. We got to begin to seek God to see where that we missed it. The Bible says that Rachel died during childbirth, long before Leah. Rachel was giving birth to her son, Benjamin. And the Bible says that her giving birth to him was causing her to die. And in her dying breath, she said, His name shall be called Benoni, which means son of my sorrows. This tells you a lot about Rachel and her mindset. She was willing to curse her son with a name because of the pain that he was causing her. Come on. Rachel doesn't have your best interest at heart. Rachel loves only herself. But it's Leah that waits patiently for your attention. It's Leah who is meek and quiet. It's Leah that truly loves you and has great things in store for you. If I could speak to the young people tonight and let you know there's a lot of Rachels out there that want your attention, but they don't have your best interest at heart. We need to look past the cover or the wrapping things are covered in and look at the heart of those people. Amen. Leah was the one who produced Judah. Leah will always produce praise. Because when you go through sickness, healing is on the other side. Come on. When you go through trouble, answers are on the other side. When you go through shipwreck, there's a place that you end up you never thought you'd be. But when you get there, you find out it's the place that God always purposed for you to be. There's always a testimony and a praise in Leah. Hey, man, Leah 
produced Judah. And Judah produced David. And David produced Jesus. Come on, somebody. The relationship that Jacob had with Leah produced Jesus. Come on. Leah will produce Jesus, but Rachel will never produce Jesus. I don't know if you're hearing me tonight. The things that this world deems as beautiful will never produce Jesus. It'll never produce the cross. It'll never produce salvation. But Leah will. The disappointments will. The heartache will. The sickness will. The cross that saved us, it was not a pretty sight. Who hath believed our report? And to whom was the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. The cross was not pretty. The cross was a gruesome sight. But it produced your salvation and everything you need for your future. Future. Clap your hands and love him. You can be seated. Whew. Jesus wasn't pretty, but he was the recipe for salvation. Rachel will never produce Jesus. But Leah will always produce Jesus. When things happen in our lives, I don't know, in the last five years, I've had more trouble than I've ever had in my life, Brother Castle. There are moments in our lives, moments of time where the path that we're walking will intersect with the path that God desires for us to walk. I call them collisions. Because when you're in a collision, you're left trying to pick up the pieces. How many know we serve a sovereign God? And there's been moments in my walk with God where I have asked the Lord, why? Who's ever done that? There's two reasons why we ask why. The first reason is to gain information or knowledge or understanding with pure motives having a, a son, Luke, he is a question asker. 
And I would explain, well, why, Dad? I would explain, well, why? Why, do, why, why that? Why? And there's sometimes I had to say, I don't know. Amen, because I don't have all the answers. Amen. Why? Why does this happen? Why does, do things work this way? Why do you have to do it this way? Just trying to gain information and learn. But there's another motivation for asking why. It's when something happens that we don't want to happen, and we ask why. I have five children, and they're teenagers. Pray for me. They're good kids. They're good kids. But there are moments when they want to go here or they want to go there or they want to do what they want to do and dad has to stand up and say, no. You're not going there. You're not doing that. You're not staying with them. And they'll say, but dad, why? And I say, I don't need to give you an explanation. I'm dad. That's one of the great things about being dad. Amen. I'm dad, and I said no for your protection. Amen. But they would get upset at times and not understand at times, but they have to come to an understanding that my responsibility is to protect them, and I'm making decisions to try to protect them based on what I see that they don't see because I've lived a lot more years than they've lived. They have to come to an understanding that Dad has my best interest at heart. We need to understand tonight that the God of heaven doesn't hate you, and he's not against you. He has your best interest interested heart and the sooner you come to realize that the better off you're going to be well why did you do that or why have you made me the way that you made me does the does the clay have power over the potter or does the potter have power over the clay does the clay have a right to, to say to the one who makes it why do you make me this no 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 but the potter has power over the clay and when he gets his hands on the clay he has a vessel or a purpose in mind and what he's going to make that vessel and he's going to do what's necessary to make it what it's purpose to be. He knows what he's doing. Have, have you ever watched a, a potter, uh, the potter get his hands on the clay and be, begin to get the wheel turning and applying water? And uh, the, the way that he gets the vessel to change is he applies pressure. The part of that vessel that he wants to alter, he applies pressure to it. If you look at the area of your life that has the most pressure, that's probably the one that God's trying to work on tonight. Jacob, just before he died, he gave commandment according to the way that he wanted to be buried. He said, I want to be buried in the burying place of my fathers, Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah. But he told his family, I will sleep forever beside 
Leah. In his dying words, he never mentioned Rachel. Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob and Leah. At the end of his life, he understood the value of Leah. He understood the value of those things that are not as beautiful. Amen. He understood the value of prayer and fasting. You see, we want entertainment. We want Rachel, right? We want, uh, we want movies and Facebook and pizza. <laughs> Amen. Dr. Pepper. Come on, we want the beauty of this world. We want money. We want cars and houses. Uh, we devote our life to gaining and getting a hold of those things. But I want to declare to you tonight that those things don't have the power to save your soul. In eternity, those things hold no value. When you get to the end of your life or you move into maturity, you'll begin to understand it's those hard times that produce wisdom and understanding. It's the struggle that drives me to my knees and drives me to fast. It's the hard times that produce the most. Think about it for a minute. You can stand all around the building. I'm done. I think I've made my point. If Jacob would have spent as much time with Leah as he did with Rachel, think of what he would have produced. Because every time he went into Leah, the Bible says he went into Leah and she produced a son. He went into Leah and she produced a son. He went into Leah and she produced a son. Every time that he spent time with Leah, she gave him something of value. He spent all of his time doting over Rachel, but Rachel was barren. Rachel could not produce anything. He's trying to have sons, but he can't have anything of value with Rachel. It took him a while to understand. If I would have spent as much time in my life as seeking after God and his will for my life as I did chasing after the things of this world. Look back at your life and think about where you would be. Come on. If I spend as much time in prayer as I do on Facebook, if I spend as much time in prayer and fasting and reading the word of God as I do on Instagram or as I do watching YouTube, Come on, or playing video games, or wasting my time, pouring it into Rachel, and it'll never give back. But if we can understand tonight, we need to lay aside our desire for Rachel, and we need to pick up a desire for Leah so that we can be the church that God has called us to be. I wanted Rachel. I lived my whole life to get Rachel. But I have fallen in love with Leah. I have fallen in love with ministry. Ministry is not glitz and glamour. 
It's not lights and stages. It's prayer and it's fasting. It's seeking the face of God. If any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. If you want to be used of the Lord tonight, there's a cross in your future. It's time for us to realize if the revival that's been prophesied is going to come to pass, we got to value Leah. We got to value the things that God values. We got to value prayer and fasting. Lift your hands right now. Seek the face of the Lord. God is in this house tonight. God is in this house tonight. Come on, is there anybody that feels the call of God tonight? Is there anybody that feels what I'm feeling in my spirit? Is there anybody that's had enough of things that don't produce anything of value? Is there anybody that's tired of wasting their time on Rachel when it'll never give back anything of value? Come on, is there anybody that understands the value of Leah, the value of seeking God, the value of prayer and fasting, the value of laying down on the altar of God? the value of consecration, the value of separation and purity. It's not pretty, but it will produce Jesus. Oh, it's not beautiful by the world's standards, but it'll produce salvation. It'll produce fulfillment. It'll produce sons and daughters in the gospel. Come on, church, seek the face of the Lord. Oh, I wanted Rachel, but I've fallen in love with Leah. I've fallen in love with those moments when things didn't go right. And I began to get answers from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I've fallen in love with being uncomfortable. I've fallen in love with that which kills my flesh. Come on, fasting is not pretty, but it will produce Jesus. Uh, Rachel needs to die. Come on, get over Rachel. Get over Rachel. Rachel needs to die. Rachel needs to die. Our love for entertainment needs to die. Our love for this world needs to die. Oh, God, give me Rachel, Lord. Do whatever's necessary, God, to produce your will in my life, Lord. To produce all that you purpose to do and be in my life. In Jesus' name. work out the way that you wanted it to. Oh, but be aware God is at work in your life. God's got a plan. God is in control. He's not confounded. He's not confused. He is working things out according to the counsel of His own will. 
Trust the hand of the Lord. Trust the provision of the Lord. Trust him to work and to operate in your life. He's molding and making you into the vessel that he has called you to be. Come on, pray, God, do whatever you deem necessary, Lord, to produce all that you purpose for my life. In Jesus' name. Lord, I give myself, myself away. I surrender all to you, Jesus. I give myself away so you can use me. So take my heart and take my life as a And all my dreams and all my plans, Lord. 